Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Nikki. Thanks, uh, team. And um, listen, I hope that you've already been encouraged by the songs that you've heard tonight and we've sung together. I hope you've been encouraged by these awesome little kids that are engaged in the story. I love to hear them responding and understanding more about the essence of the Christmas story. Well, I don't know about you, but I need tonight. And I need tonight because I need times in my life where I just slow down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, does, does anyone else need to kind of push pause on the fast forward hustle and bustle pace that is the Christmas season? I mean, isn't it crazy that we can take our work lives and our family lives and then, you know, throw on top uh, just all of the things that make Christmas, the shopping and the boxes on the doorstep and the parties and the great food and the song that you've heard 45 times on the radio and in the mall and in the coffee shop, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, you know, it's just, it's just amazing how all of these things that we enjoy can make a crazy season even crazier, you know? Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but then you just kind of throw a curveball or two on top of all of that, and it's like for me personally, all right? Now, I'm not trying to one-up your crazy, but I probably will, all right? So, 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 so for, your, for, your, for, your, for your boy, for your past, right, um, I have an appendectomy scheduled this coming Wednesday, all right? So it's been kind of a crazy two months. I've been in pain. I've been out of pain. I've been in the hospital. I've been out of the hospital. I can't wait to get this thing out, all right? You can pray for me. Uh, but, but, so that's been kind of wild, um, and then my wife is pregnant in her first trimester, okay? And she's like extremely nauseous most days. And so it's just like you throw crazy on top of crazy on top of crazy. And it's like, wow, like I I thought that this peaceful Christmas story was supposed to usher in a peaceful Christmas season rather than a season of chaos. (laughs) So that's why I need this, this time just to pause just to stop and reflect. Because if you're like me, we can all, like, we can all rush through the season and miss the very essence of the story. And so just over the next few minutes, I want to try to help us catch just a glimpse of the Christmas story. And this is almost, this is something like, um, you know, there are like 100, more than 100 angles that we could take to look at the Christmas story together tonight. It's almost like a friend who visits, you know, visits you from out of town and they say, hey, you know, uh, I can't wait to see your city. Please show me Boston. But, you know, I only have two hours before I have to go back and be at the airport again. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm just going to ask you, Pretend that you are that friend and allow me to give you just kind of, you know, maybe we're going to Fenway Park, you know, maybe we're going to Charlestown, like it's part of the Freedom Show, maybe we're going to a, a fine museum, whatever. There's so many, what, a top of the proof, you know, there's so many things that we could see in our city. There are so many things that we could share about the Christmas story. And so let me just t- take you on to one facet, and that is this, okay? In the story of Christmas, in the arrival of Jesus, love showed up to free us from our fears for a life 
of fearless love. All right? Hear that again. In the arrival of Jesus, in the arrival of Emmanuel, God with us, love showed up to free us from our fears, to free us for a life of fearless love. You see, one of the things I love about the Christmas story is that it is loaded with irony, okay? So just just consider some of these ironies with me, okay? You have the long-expected deliverer of God's people coming in a very unexpected way. You have the eternal Son of God entering time and space, You have the one who created everything, everything that the eye can see and cannot see. That God, he made everything, he owns everything, and yet he was born into a family that didn't have much. We have a baby who was born in a little town outside of Jerusalem who happens to be the king. Amazing realities, amazing ironies loaded into the Christmas story. And the highest irony of them all is that God, the eternal Son of God, is becoming man in the form of a seven-pound baby. So then as we zoom in into some of the finer details of the Christmas story, we see this irony continue to play out. And I want us to think about tonight how it plays out around the presence of our fears. We heard in the children's story how that fear was present. And we, can, like, we can't imagine this, right? But if we were there, like we were in Mary's shoes, surely we would have been overwhelmed if an angel of light appeared and started speaking to us and, and was a messenger of God. Surely we would have been like her, afraid, like what is going on here? You are about to carry the Son of God in your womb miraculously, supernaturally. Mary was afraid. But then you have her fiancé, a man named Joseph, and he was afraid too. And why was he afraid? Well, he's he's engaged to be married to this this lady named Mary, and and he's thinking, hey, what is going on here? How did she get this bump in her belly? Like, I haven't, you know, been unfaithful to God's plan, so she must have been unfaithful to me. And so it took God showing up and reassuring him, hey, this is part of my plan, Joseph. Don't be afraid. I have everything under control. And then you have the story of the shepherds. These humble, lowly shepherds are out in the field, and then suddenly these angels blazing full of light appear to announce the birth of Jesus. And the first words out of their mouth are what? Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. And so the irony here in this presence of fear is, again, that Jesus showed up, love showed up in Christ to do away with all of our fears. We've been thinking as a church in this Advent season on some words by a man named John. John was one of Jesus' closest friends and closest followers, And in a little letter that he wrote in the back of the Bible, uh, 1 John, he said these words. Listen to these words. He says this in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. God is love. 
I mean, so maybe you're new to the story of Christianity. Maybe you're new to even considering, hey, is, is there a God? And if there is a God, what is this God like? Well, John tells us very clearly and in plain terms, God is love. The very essence of God is love. God loves because he is love. It's just who he is. He can't help but love us. But then we drill down and we say, okay, God, if you are love, then how can we know that? And it goes on to write. He says this, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. He showed his love. He displayed his love. He showcased his love for everyone to see in this way that God sent his only son into the world, Emmanuel, God with us, so that we might live through him. The story of Christmas is about God's love mission to bring us life through his love. And the way that he did this was by sending Jesus to live the life that we should have lived. Okay, so just imagine God becoming man and experiencing our sorrows, experiencing our griefs, experiencing our brokenness truly understanding what we face on a day-to-day, week-by-week reality of life. We have a God in Christ who understands all of our mess and all of our brokenness. But not only that, not only would God humble himself by becoming man and living the life like we live it, but he also died a despicable death on a Roman cross on our behalf. So John says, look, God is love. And if you want to know what God's love is like, then just look at how God sent Jesus for us to give us life. But then he continues on. And in verses 16 through 18, he says it again. Like, if you didn't catch it the first time, and sometimes I need that, like, please tell me again. Be redundant. I need to hear it again and again. He says the same three words. God is love. And now listen to this. He says in verse 18, there is no fear in love. Wow. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. Did you catch that? Perfect love complete love, love that is whole and healthy and flourishing, it actually holds the power to free us from all of our fears. When someone truly loves you completely, you have no reason to be afraid in their presence. And this is what John is saying God is like, and we know what he's like by love showing up in the person of Jesus Christ. So the message I want you to walk away with tonight is this, like for all of your fears, and I know like you, we all have fears, right? We all have fears in our life. But fear has met its match in the fearless love of Christ. See, I don't know what it is for you these days, but um, I know that you have fear. As one author said, we are fear specialists. 
I mean, we live in a city full of universities and colleges, right? Over 250 college universities in the city of Boston. Listen, if, if you could get a degree in fear, my assumption is we would all, every single one of us, myself included, we would all have a degree hanging on our wall in the area of fear. But what I want you to consider is this. Our fears actually, if we listen close enough, our fears actually say something to us. They say something about what we value and what we love in life. I want you to think about this. I want you to ask this question. Is there anything that I fear that I don't care about? Anything? Like, is there anything in your life that, that you're concerned about, that, you, that you're worried about? There's, like, worry and fear are so closely related. Is there anything that you fear that you don't care anything about? I would venture to guess the answer is no. And fear shows up in so many different forms. Like, some of our fears are small. All right, so just for example, okay, um, I, I got a, 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 a gift for my, my wife, and I'm a little afraid that she's not going to like it. Like, I went out on a limb this time, all right? And this is kind of like, you know, I'm not going to give too much away. I'm not going to give too many hints, all right? But this is kind of like the bigger gift. All right? I didn't go crazy, you know what I'm saying? But it's just like this one gift, and like, I really hope she likes it. And I'm a little fearful that she's going to like it, okay? So some of our fears are pretty small, all right? Pretty small. Hope you like it. Marsh, okay. Um, but then some of our fears are, are very temporary. They're temporal, right? Like they're here one minute and gone the next. Like, so for example, uh, this, this week, all right, just Wednesday and Thursday, in, in a little more than 24 hours, I'm driving around Somerville and Medford, and on three different occasions, I almost got in an accident, all right? And I'm just saying it wasn't my fault, all right? And so it's just like these Boston drivers during Christmas, wait, can anyone else like have a near-death experience? experience out there this week. I hear some of you laughing. Yes, thank you. Okay. I mean, it is crazy out there. So like, so be careful. I am praying for you when you're driving around the city this week. Uh, so some of our fears are small. Some of our fears are temporal. But then some of our fears are quite serious. Like if we're being honest tonight, there are some fears that, that a, a child can carry and they can carry them all the way through adulthood. We have fears of failure. Fears of, of not measuring up, whether it be in school, in work, in a relationship. We have fears of financial woes, like how am I going to cut it? Am, am I going to have enough? We have questions and fears related to am I going to be enough? Like will people accept me for who I am? We have fears around Am I doing enough? Like, like, will I be recognized for my accomplishments and hard work? We have fears around a bad diagnosis. And if, and if most people are being honest, they would say to one degree or another, they have the, the fear of our, our greatest enemy, which is the fear of death. And here's the worst part of our fears. Our fears hang over us like a dark cloud, and they hinder us from experiencing life as God wants us to experience it, and they hinder us from living life to the full as God designed us to live it. 
And namely, God wants us to honor him by how we love and serve those people around us. Like just look around, your friends, your family, perhaps those you're here with tonight. God wants you to love and serve them without hindrance, without reservation. And he wants you to also love him and serve him in that same kind of way with a fearless love. And so the question is, well, how can we do that? And that's where the Christmas story means so much. You see, in Jesus, we have a God who has arrived among us, and by his very presence, he put our fears to flight. I mean, it's almost like a child who may be scared of the dark, and they're crying in their room, and they call out, but then once mom or dad come into the room, they find a magical comfort that puts them at ease and allows them to rest easy and to go back to sleep. And this is who we have in Jesus Christ, God among us. God cares. God shows up. He is among us. He is with us if we would only allow him to be present in our lives through what Christ has done for us. His presence dispels our fears. But not only that, not only just does his presence move our fears away, but his unconditional love. You see, God is a God who sees us just as we are, okay? He, like, he knows you better than you know you. He knows you better than your closest friend and your spouse. And and God sees us just as you, as we are, and he says, hey, you are welcomed to experience all of who I am, You don't have to be enough. You don't have to have enough. You don't have to do enough. You don't have to perform your way to my approval. Okay, you just have to receive the gift of my love and my love will radically change you in such a way, give you such a security and confidence that you have no longer any need to fear anything in your life, even our greatest enemy, that enemy of death. And so it says one pastor in New York City. His name's Tim Keller. Just to paraphrase him, okay? Think about this. Someone can love you, but not know the real you. You know what I'm saying? Like, you probably have friends at work like this. Like, they really love you, but they don't know you through and through. And so, at some, at some level, that love is superficial, right? Like, that love is, is love on the surface. It's not going deep. But then there are those people who know us as we are, And because they know our true colors, then they withhold their love from us and we feel the pain of their rejection. But then for someone to know you fully, to know you truly, and at the same time love you fully and love you truly, well, that is a lot like being loved by God. That's how God has loved us in Christ. He sees us as we are, and he loves us unconditionally, and he asks us to receive the gift of his love so that we can live a life, don't miss this, live a life of fearless love, just like the love that we have received. You see, God wants us to pour out our lives for the sake of others. He wants us to reflect the greatness of his love by the way that we live our lives. And so it's his love that ignites our love for those around us. K. 
Can you imagine what your life would be like if you loved without hindrance, without reservation, if you had a fearless love burning in your heart wherever you went? Can you imagine what that would mean for your family? Can you imagine what that would mean for your friendships, your relationships? How would your workplace be different? How would your neighborhood be different? Listen, this is what God wants to give us through Jesus. And so I hope during this Christmas season, as we consider how love showed up in the person of Christ, how God has loved us more wildly and radically than we can begin to imagine that we would receive this fearless love of Christ so that we can be freed from our fears to live a life of fearless love. At Redemption Hill, we want to help you take a step. Wherever you are in your journey, our hope is to help you take a step this Christmas season. It is part of, hopefully, what is our gift to you tonight. And so listen, there's absolutely no pressure, but you received a pen with a guide and and this connect card. And so listen, we're a church that really not just values prayer. We keep talking about we want to be a praying church. And so we just thought, how awesome would it be if if people would just share one way that we can pray for you? I mean, you can share more than one. We're we're fine. You can list 10. You can take two or three or 10 cards. It doesn't matter, all right? But, But just maybe you could list. Maybe it's a fear that you have in your heart that you just want the love of God to free you from. Maybe it's some kind of physical need this Christmas season or a spiritual need that you have that you would like for us to pray for you. And then below that, you can see the statement, steps change stories. We're talking about that at Redemption Hill. When we take a step, God changes our story. And so maybe for some of you, you've heard this Christmas story before. You've heard the message of Jesus, but you've never really received the gift that he wants to give you through his life, death, and resurrection. And so if that's you tonight, if you want to receive God's gift of salvation through Jesus, let us know that. If you want to explore more about Jesus and Christianity, we're here to help you. Maybe there's some more information that you would like to learn about our church to to, to serve with us and and all the different things that we do around Medford. Listen, whatever it is, I want to just lead us into a short time of prayer. I want to give you just 30 seconds to a minute just to fill out that connect card before I lead us in a time of prayer and as we wrap up our uh, celebration tonight with another song or two, okay? So if you would, take out a, a pen and just fill out this card. Write down ways that we can pray for you. Write down any next step, and then we're going to continue worshiping together in song. So let's, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this evening. God, thank you for how you have loved us in such clear and radical ways through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so, Father, I pray that even as we reflect on who you are and what you've done and how you loved us, God, I pray that you would help us all, myself included, that you would help us all to be freed from our fears and to take a next step for you and with you. And so, God, whatever that is for each person, Lord, I pray that you give them the the, the courage, the fearlessness to, to take that step and to experience all that you want for them this Christmas season. We pray in the name of Christ. Amen.